Speaking to the Nameless, Episode 8. Well, where can I begin? I don't know. Well, I know it's against the rules to say, I don't know. So, allow me to take that back immediately. For a very long time, I was quite angry at you. And I imagined this conversation that we're having right now to begin with me grabbing you by the scuff of the neck, picking you up and slapping you over the face, calling you an idiot, telling you to grow up, telling you to get your life together. And I've since since left go of this. I've since left go of that sort of feeling towards you. And of course I understand that's, that's not appropriate, that's not really quite right, and a lot of that says something about me rather than about you. And it's such a strange occurrence that I would be talking to you. It's so absurd that we're here having this conversation. It's quite absurd that you're listening. It's quite absurd that you would even entertain this sort of conversation. And really, I wonder how much of it, how much of it you can take to heart. And I really need to, well, I I need to explain a little bit of of the scenario of what's happening here. I need you to understand where I'm coming from. Otherwise, the things I'm going to say to you won't make sense or they won't have the, well, I don't, I I feel they, they won't have, they won't, I want to say they won't have the impact on you that I want, but I'm stopping myself from saying that because I don't know if these words should have an impact on you. The, the, The fact of the matter is you don't have anyone in your life that can talk to you. You don't have anyone that you can listen to. You don't have anyone whose opinion you trust, particularly in regards to you personally. You don't have someone whose opinion of you, you trust. And maybe there's a good reason. Maybe there is no one who does have a clear opinion or a clear vision of you. And this is a tricky knot because 
at the moment, you're sort of walking around thinking, uh, everyone is an idiot. Or if not everyone's an idiot, no one really knows what they're talking about. How can anyone really know that? And this goes for both things personally about you and also things in general, knowledge in general. Now you see, that's a pretty hopeless place to be in. That can get very lonely. And loneliness is something we can talk about. Loneliness is something I'm going to have to talk about with you. So let me just say that I know a lot about you. More than you can imagine. I can't explain to you why I know those things. And also, I know your future. I know where you're headed. I know what's going to happen to you. And also, I can't explain why I know those things. I can't explain why I know your future. Let's just say, I see the direction that your life is taking. I see the things that are driving you. I see the things that you want. I see the feelings you have. I I see the thoughts and the beliefs that you have. And I know exactly what those things lead to. So if you can trust those things and we have a conversation on our hand, we have a very rich conversation and we have the potential for you to learn very powerful lessons. And of course you say, well, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? You can say that in so many ways, like who are you? with an outrage, or who are you, or a curiosity, or a who are you, with a little bit of interest. And I can't tell you who I am at this stage. It has to be done entirely on trust. And that is the biggest barrier, because you can't trust someone. And it's understandable, I understand, so many people have let you down. So many people you've trusted have turned out wrong. So many things you've pursued have turned bad. Who am I? Well, the more pressing question is, who are you? And who are you going to become? What are you becoming? And I really feel how alone you are and how sad you are and how difficult it is to be living life trusting no one. And there's so much anxiety in you. There's so much depression. 
Of course, I know you're depressed. And it might even be that you're less depressed than you were. And even at this stage, even at this point in your life, you've overcome quite a lot. You've come through quite a lot of darkness. But there's a long way to go. You have a very long journey ahead of you. And I say that tentatively because I don't want you to get this idea that you're off working on a journey or you're trekking your way through life. You don't have to work on and on with that sort of mentality. Really, that really a better mentality would be that you're exploring things. You're trying new things. Life is more life is more like an adventure for you rather than a, a journey or a quest of conquering. And so somehow strangely, another thing that comes to mind is that you have these you have not only this thing of, oh, life is, ah, oh, have to get going, have to improve or have to progress or n- not necessarily even of those words. I have to, well, I don't know what words you would use. I, I guess they're sort of in this general attitude of progress and growth, but not also not really. I don't know. I, 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 it's not fitting for me. Those words don't fit with your attitude. So it's more like more like exploring, trying different things, but you you also have aside from the general attitude, you also have these things in you which you think, oh, if I just had this, if I could just do this as much as possible then things would work out. It's just this one thing that I need. And sure, I've got these other things, but if I just get this one thing, then they will take care of themselves. And this is tied in with your addictive nature. And addiction is a big thing for you. Addiction is something you're going to have to deal with. And addiction is... You must understand it's a meta-personality trait. So you can be addicted to different things at different times in your life. And they can be gross, subtle, obvious. They can be reoccurring in different ways. They can be introduced to you in different ways. Things like addicted to smoking, smoking cigarettes. Addicted to drinking alcohol. Addicted to coffee. And then you have other things like addicted to certain feelings. Addicted to thinking. Or even addicted to thinking certain thoughts. And this is really a big thing for you. This is going to be something... and. Don't, don't think of this as you're going to have to overcome addiction. 
still, it, do, it that doesn't fit into this this thing of the quest or the hero making his way to the final goal. That doesn't work. That's not going to work with you. Maybe it works for some people. Maybe it doesn't. But it doesn't work for you. So don't think of addiction as overcoming it. And, and you're going to labor so much under that. Oh, I have to kick this addiction. I have to fight this. But really, your addiction, in your addiction, there's this, this and, and obsession, there's this thing that is of value to you. There is an urge which you has to you have to transform. There's an urge which you have to redirect. And that urge is what's pushing you towards your addictions and your bad habits and the things that keep you stuck. And I realize even as I'm talking now, you you, you don't want to listen to this. There's no way you could hear this. There's no way that you would be open to having someone talk to you in this way. And I don't know how to tailor my words to get through to you. I wonder if there is some sort of authority that I could have, but of course I can't tell you who I am. And really, if I told you who I am, I don't know if you would believe me. And I don't know if it would be that much of an authority to you. And I say that I know these things about you and I know what you're going to go through and I know your future. But really, is the future really so set? Could it be the way that it's going to be? Or maybe things will turn out differently and I don't know it. Maybe I, maybe I really don't know your future. And I don't know if things will, it, from what I see in you, from what you are, how much should I trust and how much should you trust that, well, really, that's something to go on. I mean, there's, uh, we can make it binary. We can say, well, okay, you tell me what my future is and then I'll walk around working with that and I'll believe you and I'll say, yes, this is what's happening. Or we can do the opposite. Whereas you say, you say, now you tell me what my future is, and then I'll say, no, that's not it, and I'll, walk, I'll work against it. Now, in those two answers, there's a varying degree of how much you believe or not believe it, or how strongly you respond to it. So you can very strongly affirm it and say, yes, that is true, or you can very strongly deny it and say, no, that is not true. But then there's also the other end of the strong affirmation or denial, 
which is not a strong feeling. It's not a passionate. It's not an a, an influence on you. And it's just sort of eh, whatever. Some crazy old man said some funny things to me once. That sort of thing. And I don't know what what I can say. I wish I wish I could tell you just the the actual things that I know. Like the actual story. The ABC, even the mechanics. And how long would that how long would that conversation take? I wonder. And, and if we sat down and I told you your future and I said, well, these are the people you're going to meet. These are the places you're going to go. These are the things you're going to do. These are the feelings you're going to have. These are the thoughts you're going to have. Really, that would take that would take years for us to have this conversation. Because you don't know how many people you are going to meet. You could not count them all. And you don't know the places you're going to go. And they are so different. All of them so different. And they really don't fit into good or bad or beautiful or ugly. There are different atmospheres, different ambience, different smells, different sounds, different textures. And, they, and these words just fail by comparison to the reality of what those places are. And the feelings that you're going to have. Well, that's, that's one thing that, that, that... That's one thing that's in you which will remain in you. And it's one of those seeds. It's, it's like the seed that grows into the oak. And that, that is your ability to feel... To feel things deeply and have a wide range of emotions and experiences and a complex inner world. That's something that is only going to expand more and more as you live your life. And as for the things you think, well, it, it's sort of funny. Like we, we, we're touching on this point with, there's sort of like, well, there's the things that you're going to do and things that will change. But there's also things that won't change. There's also things in you which are, it, it's almost like your destiny. Now, I know, see, this is the worst thing to bring up with you. Because destiny and fate is, <laughs> it's a touchy subject. 
It's a triggering subject, I know. But you notice that it's a triggering subject because there are strong feelings around it. And you don't have the wisdom to see that. You don't have the experience to see that. And there are many things which are seeds in you which will grow. And they've been there for a very long time. And they keep coming up. They keep coming up in these little moments. Little moments, just just a hair of a moment, just a whisper. A whisper in the wind. These things keep coming up. And you have no one in your life which can point them out to you. No one who can offer you an adequate explanation. No one around you who's had similar experiences. Not by a long shot. And even if there were people there to support you, you might, you might not make the connection. You wouldn't think to pursue sharing them or talking about them or trying to make sense of them, really. So it's going to take a very long time before these things start to bloom. And it's not a straight path. And it's not a guaranteed path. There's no guarantee that it will work out how I think it will. That's a paradox of fate. And it's so funny that we are... It's so funny that we're using these words. Because I know these words mean something to you. This word paradox... That really means something to you, doesn't it? And it's funny because you're going to forget what this word means for many years. And it will just be forgotten. It'll no longer be a part of you at all. And then many years later, this word will return. And it will be completely different to you. And yet also there will be something the same in it. You'll remember. You'll, you will realize once you grow into an oak tree, you will realize that you were a seed. And you'll be able to see the seeds that were sown way back in your past and how they led you to where you are now. And that's a very rare thing. Let's not make this a comparison about you and everyone else. But really, if we're just talking about this oak tree analogy, then, well, between you and everyone else, there is a very big difference. So what can I say about what's coming and 
Well, well, these words like fate and paradox and your destiny, you've got so much which is turbulent in you, particularly in your mind. Your mind is going to be... See, I'm, I, see, I can talk about these things as like separate, compartmentalized, very clear things. Like to me, it's clear, but to you, it's not clear. To you, there's so much confusion and there's, it, it, it's also tangled up with your emotions. So your body and your emotions and your feelings and your thoughts, they're all sort of fused together in this big ball of knots. And some of the some of the twine is melted together, so it's un it's undifferentiated. So for me to sit here and talk about your mind, it it doesn't necessarily help you that much. And my usual attitude is to say, well, I'll just talk about it in the way that I know to talk about it, and hope you understand. But here I'd like to really try to get through to you. I really, <laughs> it's, it's in my best interests to get through to you. Well, well, even that is not entirely safe to say. Like, what, what do I really wish to tell you? Let me, let me think that through. Like, I, I, I keep, I feel like I'm butting into these things. Like, I, oh, I need to explain this. Oh, I need to explain this. Or I could explain this and it might work or it might not work. But what's, what's the essence? Like, if I would say, let's say if I was to assume that you would listen to me and you would understand. Let's just take that as a, like a thought experiment. Let's, let, let's have the thought experiment. You will understand me. What can I say to you? What can I say? Well, what I would say is enjoy where you're at. Enjoy what you're doing at the moment. And more practically speaking, that means paying attention to what's happening in your immediate surrounds. It means looking at what's in front of your eyes right now, listening to the sounds that are happening in your environment, wherever you are right now, and all the things that you are normally thinking, like what should I do with my life? Am I a good person or a bad person? Where am I going to be in a certain number of years? How am I going to achieve this or that? All of that, just let it slide. Just let it go. Now, there are going to be things in your life which you want to do again, and you will come back to them again and again in many different ways with varying amounts of gaps between them, which means you will have a hobby and then you'll stop it and then you'll start again and then you'll stop it and then you'll start again. And this is one of your big hang-ups, actually, 
is you think when you do something, you have to do it for the rest of your life. Or when you do something, you have to get really good at it. You have to be skillful at it. And the only way to be skillful at it is to just do it lots and lots and lots for years and years and years on end. And there is a wisdom in that. Because you build skills, you do get skills, and you do become very prolific. Basically everything you do, you are prolific at it. When you do something, you do a lot of it. And this is tied into your addictive personality, your addictive nature, your obsessive nature. But you can't see, what you can't see now is that you can stop doing something and then come back to it later. It's okay to let something go. And even more deeply than that, it's okay to let something go and to never do it again. And that's something you can practice. That's something you will practice. That's something that you will try. Just by, just by like a little experiment of just saying, oh, what happens if I was to say I would never do this again? Now, there are things in your life which you are so attached to and you have so much desire around that if I was to say that to you, you would, you would think there's no reason to live. You would think there's no reason to go on. And there is a twisted sort of wisdom in that. Because it shows that you are very deeply concerned with what does it mean to live a meaningful life? What does it look like to live a meaningful life? And you have these deeper urges. That being said, you also have some very shallow urges. And one thing that's going to be very tough for you is your loneliness and your sexuality. And this is something that no one wants to talk to you about and no one can guide you on. No one can give you advice on. No one can listen to you about. And there's really, you're really just totally alone when it comes to sex and intimate relationships. And of course, this is still also fused up in all your emotional issues and all your ideas about thoughts and how you think and what you're doing in your life and where you are and your career and these sorts of things. It's all fused together. It's really, it's really still just that big ball of string. And it's going to take a lot for you to come through your hang-ups about sexuality. It's going to be difficult. And there's going to be regret. There's going to be awkward moments. There's going to be lessons that you wish you learnt sooner. Well, that's, that's a big one that goes not just for sexuality. There's going to be, there are going to be a lot of lessons you wish you learnt earlier. 
And really, if I can just impart one small piece of wisdom, then it's realize sooner the importance of learning. Because you can learn about sex. You can learn about intimate relationships. And really, you can learn about all sorts of things. If you have the initiative, if you have a way of holding yourself to your curious nature, but right now I know it might feel like you've asked a lot of questions and you haven't found adequate answers and you've spoken to a lot of people and they haven't provided you with a lot of insight. And that process in the community and in the environment that you're at can become very draining because it's not very fulfilling. It's not very rewarding to be doing that and to get nowhere, to feel like you're getting nowhere. Ask someone else. Ask someone else. This person doesn't know. This person doesn't know. This person's an idiot. This person doesn't know what they're talking about. And you're right. Those people don't. But don't let that stop you from keeping that attitude because when the person that does know comes along and you've given up, you miss them. And in that, you miss so much. You miss an entire change in direction for your entire life. And what I see in the direction of your life is that it's not guaranteed that you will come through all of the hard things that you have within you. There's no guarantee that you will make it. There's no guarantee that you will learn the lessons you need to learn. There's no guarantee that you will overcome your addictions and your problems and your hang-ups. There's no guarantee that you will learn to differentiate your mind, your body, your feelings and your emotions. And yet this is the paradox of fate. This is the, parado- the paradox of of predestination. Which is that once you arrive, once you get there, you'll see how it was going to happen all along. So it's a tricky it's a tricky tangle to get your head around. It's a it, it's like, well, le- let me just put it in terms of the view from where I'm at. It's it's this funny thing like you need multidimensional thinking in order to solve the problems of non-multidimensional thinking. And you can't get multidimensional thinking without moving out of your non 
multidimensional thing. It's like the chicken or the egg. You, you need this sort of thinking in order to overcome these thinking problems. But the whole reason you're in this thinking problem is because you don't have the... <laughs> Am I illustrating my point? Can you see that it's, it's like you can't have what you need because you don't have it. And I believe you will. I believe you will overcome what you need to. And there are things I can say here and there are things that I can say elsewhere which when I say them, you will hear them and remember them but not have any idea why you remembered them, how they make sense, or even what they mean. And then years later, years later, years and years and years after so many life events and so many changes in directions, you will remember those things and it will be the aha moment of now I get it. Oh, now I get it. Now I remember. Now I see. It makes perfect sense. Why didn't you explain it to me? Why didn't you just say it like this? Why didn't you just give it to me so simply? You had to be so mysterious. You had to be so tricky. Well, I'm not being tricky. I'm being as direct and as simple and as clear as I can. It's you. It's how you receive these things. And that's the barrier. And when I say certain things, well, let, let me give you an example, like a paradox, or fate, or differentiating thoughts, feelings, emotions, and the body, or deeper intuitions, or addiction as a meta-personality trait. It feels quite strange to talk to you. I feel... It's changing something in me. It's forcing me into certain things. And it's really changing a lot about how I feel about my life and where it's at now. And it's a real tricky one because this whole thing, oh, I need to give you life advice... Well, first of all, I don't think that would work with you. And second of all, I don't know if it would work with me. I don't know if it would work. You wouldn't take it, but also I don't know if I should give it. Like I can't say do this and this and this. There's nothing I can say which is follow. If you just follow this, these few rules, 
then you'll be fine. Or just just avoid these few traps, then you'll be fine. I can't do that. It's not that simple. And and enjoying the moment is a good one. That's pretty much basically, generally speaking, good advice. But even that has its caveats. And thinking of life as more like an adventure rather than a progress, well, that's pretty safe. Maybe what I can say is, if you're going to do something, really do it, but you already know that, to an extent. And, and now, oh, some of the people that you could meet are coming to mind and how strange and the sorts of impressions that they can make on you. Of all, of all the people that could be talking to you, and of all the things they could be saying, I think probably, I think probably right now is the most strange. <laughs> it's the most uh, unbelievable freak occurrence for us to be having this conversation. Really. And... I wish there was a way I could, because it's impossible, like to imagine the places you're going to go, it's impossible. And to imagine the feelings you'll have, it's impossible. And how deeply that goes and how we express that, how, how clear it can become or not be. It's, it's, well, it's beyond. And actually this, this word beyond and all its associate words to you is actually a word like paradox. It has a word, it has a meaning, it has a significance to you and you're going to forget. You're going to forget the importance of that word. And beyond can also mean transcendence, or it can mean otherworldliness, or it can mean awe, or it can mean a spirituality, a kind of spirituality. And I forget just how much you don't know. I forget how ignorant you are. And really, maybe there's the simple advice, which is just get more knowledge. Just read more books. And it might be that you don't have the means for that. You don't have the time for that. It's not the right situation. It's not the right time. So I feel now I'm getting to the point where there's really nothing I can say to you because I can't give you advice. I can't tell you exactly 
what's going to happen. I can't even tell you that the things you're doing are good or some things are bad because they go together. And I can't even tell you that your future is certain, even though paradoxically it is certain and you are destined to go where you're going. And what would you ask me? Like, what would you want to know from me? Well, if you were really smart, you'd want to know, but quite basically, will things turn out all right? Will things turn out okay? And the answer is yes. The answer is you will overcome your addictions. You will overcome your darkness. Even the darkness which is deeper than you know. There's more as staggering as this is, as bad as you feel, and as dark as you think it is now. Well, you ain't done yet. There's more where that came from. And actually, I remember someone said something to you. This has come back as a memory right now. I just remembered it right now. And it was from one of those people that you, you almost could have trusted. You almost could have listened to if you'd had the wisdom. And this person said to you that life is fair and life does work out. And if you feel bad when you're young, well, then you'll feel good later on. And actually, there's some truth in that. In fact, there will be times when you think it's overbalanced towards the good. And I can see, I can see you squirming in your seat. I can see you resisting this story, this, these words, the whole idea of a balanced life, of things working out. It just does not fit with you. And I know it's way more complicated than that. It's not black and white. It's not about good and bad. There are so many different factors. There are so many changes. But I just have to talk this way because of the nature of words. Because words are forcing me into a finite duality. They're forcing me into a incomplete picture. They're forcing me to describe something in an incomplete way because there's always more to it. There's always more to describe.
And really, this makes me feel that if I want to get through to you, I can't outthink you. Because you already think things through quite deeply. You already know how to think very well. It needs it needs a it needs a lot of improvement, but it's already quite versatile. Your mind and these sort of conversations we have of me telling you all oh, this and that and here and there. Well, that's 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 really of the mind. That's really just thoughts and ideas and psychology. And I feel that what you need, and the the real deepest way that I can get through to you is to connect with you emotionally. And how I imagine that happening is for you to feel that I'm warm-hearted. It's for you to feel that I care. It's for you to feel that I'm coming from a place of love. It's for you to feel that I wish you well and I want the best for you. And I'm willing to acknowledge that I'm not very good at expressing that. I'm not very good at conveying that. Because to, to convey feelings, you really have to embody it. It comes across in body language. It comes across in eye contact. It comes across in hand gestures. It comes across in the tone of voice. It comes across in the posture of your body. And really, energetic things are sort of even beyond all that, they're more subtle than that. So for me to meet you face to face, I would need to embody a certain energy to get through to you. And I don't know what kind of energy or kind of emotion would get through to you. Maybe anger and the idea of picking you up by the scruff of your neck and slapping you over the face is the only one. Maybe sadness. Maybe sadness is the way I get through to you. And I say, I feel your sadness. And I'm sad that you can't trust someone. I'm sad that you can't listen. I'm sad that you're going to have to go through more pain. I'm sad that you're going to have to go through more darkness. I'm sad that it's going to take so much for you to see the light. But also beyond all that, you will transcend.
and you will find amazing things. And when I say it's your destiny, or it's your fate, you must understand that it's not everyone's fate. It's not everyone's destiny to find the things you will find. You will find the deepest beauty in this world. You will find the most profound perspectives. And you will become 